1: Welcome to the table. We discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Daryl Bach, Executive Director for Cultural Engagement at the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary, as well as Senior Research Professor of New Testament Studies at the seminary. My guest is Michael Buhrer. Hi, Daryl. How are you today? I'm really good. Associate professor of New Testament studies. We've worked together now for for several years. Uh, uh, and
0: uh, well, we need to be a little clear. I was uh, a student of yours. You were my doctoral advisor. You're telling me what to do now. So it's a little bit longer than <laughs> no, just a few no, no. years.
1: <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm trying to promote you to being an equal. But oh, anyway, great. Thanks, thanks. I'll take that. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> so anyway, um, but uh, Mike and I have uh, d- discussed issues in Galatians and Paul before on. On the table, and we're coming back now to take a look at a new topic, and this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It has to do with the way in which the Spirit of God is presented in the New Testament and, and highlights that, particularly in the book of Galatians. Mm-hmm. And so, Mike, why don't you tell us about uh, about kind of your your walk with the book of Galatians?
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm actually in the middle of writing a commentary mm-hmm. on the book of Galatians, and please don't ask me when it's going to be done. As you know, yeah, <laughs> sometimes that's, that's not right. easy to answer. These words I'll just say can
1: it, and will be used against to yeah. court of law. <laughs> if the Lord wills, i no, will have right. it done there before it, I there die. There you go. That's a, good, um, that's a theological no. <laughs> way to handle it.
0: But I, I've been writing on the book of Galatians and and before I really dove into it, my thinking about the book of Galatians was probably similar to a lot of people. It's a defense of the gospel mm-hmm. that Paul is, is uh, explaining his theology about who Christ was, what Christ did for us, how we're justified. Uh, but one piece that was never really talked about in my understanding was the role of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And as I was diving into it and looking at particular passages, I began to realize that there's a lot more to the work of the Spirit and what Paul is arguing than we like to give credit for. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it made me ask a couple of questions about you know myself, my theology, the way I'd kind of organized my categories. Uh, and so it, it, that was the genesis of me uh, tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, why don't we talk about this? I think this would be a, a good thing for us to, to wrestle with uh, because it, Paul says some things that are, that are pretty powerful about the Spirit's work in ministry that I think would be, really important for believers to understand
1: yeah I think we tend to think the gospel is kind of a two way operation it's something between the father and the son Mm -hmm. and it involves us and we tend to cut the third person of the trinity out of the Mm -hmm. equation and so I see there's a note here that you've written to me it says you know we ask how do I know I have the spirit And and we answer because you believe the gospel, and then you say Paul asks that's that means something's going on. (laughs) Um, How do you know the gospel is true? And he answers because you have the Spirit. Flesh out that difference for me. Sure, you know
0: when I I oftentimes think about it this way. Um, You know how do I know that the Spirit is working in my life. And I have to almost times say it by faith. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm you know, showing my own uh, immaturity as a believer, but it's, be- it's because I have believed in the gospel mm-hmm. and there are promises that the Spirit is given to me. The mm-hmm. Spirit seals me. I'm, I'm uh, baptized. I'm being filled by him, etc. But Paul's dynamic or his, um, his question was really very, very different. He did not approach the Spirit as a Deduction, shall we say, something that we can just believe by faith that that we've got. He actually approached it on the front end. It was actually the proof that he used to show that his gospel that he had preached. It's to, the
1: dynamic of salvation exactly, in some ways,
0: exactly. And so that was what began to change in my mind um, about about the role of the Spirit. The Spirit was not just a, shall we say, an afterthought or mm-hmm. a theological. Deduction, a checkbox. I can say, or a footnote. Yeah, it was the the beginning, in some ways, mm-hmm. of the spiritual journey that Paul had had uh, ta- is in taking. In fact, with the Galatians.
1: it's the purpose of the exercise, in some ways, isn't mm-hmm. it? To get yeah. to to have. I like to say, you know, be Jewish for a second. Okay, mm-hmm. bear with me. Okay, mm-hmm. but you'll appreciate this. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, put on your yarmulke. Mm-hmm. Okay, fits nicely right here. I've got a good space for it. All right, and mm-hmm. think Jewishly for a second if you're in the Old Testament and you're unclean, okay, you can't go to the temple and fellowship with God. So you engage in a sacrifice or a washing that mm-hmm. restores that relationship. But the point isn't just simply to say, oh, I'm clean now, I can go on with my life. No, the point of being declared clean is you're now put in the position of being able to fellowship directly with God again in mm-hmm. the context of the temple. Right. The salvation is very much the same picture. Mm-hmm. You're unclean, forgiveness of sins, Cleanses you or washes you. Now that you're a clean vessel, the Spirit of God can come in and indwell you and enable you to walk with God from that point mm-hmm. forward.
0: Yeah, and and it's not. Sometimes I think we almost think of it in the sense of we get from negative ten to zero or yeah. we get into neutral from yeah. going in reverse. Right. But this the the picture I think is altogether different. It's mm-hmm. we're now moving in the right direction by the power of the Spirit. We're not just qualified we are in fact given everything we're that enabled. we need we're enabled yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right we're i not mean just qualified, i we're mean enabled.
1: ephesians says at the very beginning we've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ mm-hmm. there is nothing that we lack it's it's like the question the disciples ask of jesus at one point give us more faith mm-hmm. and and jesus responds well, wait a minute okay this is not how much <laughs> right. okay you just have I'm gonna put the Texan twerking on this. Mm -hmm. Just put a pinch of faith between your cheek and gum, okay? Just have a little bit of faith, uh, a little bit, like you know, and 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 you can do amazing things. So the issue is not how much; the issue is presence and utilizing what's there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And see, and so I guess when I came to Galatians, I expected Paul to, you know, to think of it kind of the way I did—that the Mm -hmm. Spirit was a a wonderful blessing, but not to focus his attention on it. Mm -hmm. But the what he argues is really very different that the Spirit is the the defining proof in the life of the Galatians that they, in fact, were on the right path. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanted to talk about was kind of unpacking that. Why, mm-hmm. why does he make that argument? What is the end result? How are we to think about that even today in terms of our own walk with the Spirit and in the, the lives of those to whom we minister?
1: So my sense is is that this is kind of one of the – Ahas of uh, working in Galatians. Yeah, very is much there, so. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had several of those, but uh-huh. this is one I think that to me had a, had a real practical result. And, you know, you and I both teach here at the seminary, right, and we right. desire to both form our students uh, academically, but mm-hmm. also spiritually. Mm-hmm. And it really made me reflect on the question: How can I tell mm-hmm. that I'm having a spiritual effect? Positively forming my students Mm -hmm. in the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of what Paul addresses, I think hits right on that particular question. Um, it sort of gives us a way to, to um, diagnose our ministries and ourselves. How do we how do we know that we are in fact on the right path? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be because of the work of the Spirit. And Paul gives us some ways to unpack that and think that through and to um, to actually apply it.
1: And, and what we're talking about here when we talk about the work of the Spirit, it, 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 the phrase I like to use is enablement of the Spirit. It's the idea it, it's the indwelling ministry of the Spirit that empowers us or Enables us to walk with God. And mm-hmm. the, the, part of the issue that's happened in our in our time is is that our discussions about how the Spirit of God works has launched out into different other areas, mm-hmm. areas of controversy. And I think in in part we miss this most fundamental part right. of what the Spirit is is all about and why the Spirit is important to Paul.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's uh, it, you know I hesitate to use a term like secret sauce, but yeah, it's something yeah. that's applied. Equally to every believer, and so it has to be foundational and mm-hmm. fundamental. Mm-hmm. And and I hope by this discussion we can can kind of discuss those contours and 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 realize and and in fact, you know, as a result, live more in accordance with what the Spirit wants to do in our
1: lives. Okay, well, let's go for this. Um, so where do we, where do we? Yeah, I want walk us through your aha moment. Okay, okay? <laughs>
0: sure. Okay, well, you know, as you when you think about the Book of Galatians, you're thinking about Paul's defense of the gospel, as mm-hmm. I said. And so for the first couple of chapters, that's uh, largely what he does. And we, you know, we've read this many times. He appears to be, uh, on the one hand, defending his apostleship. He mm-hmm. has several statements. You know, for example, in the very beginning, in chapter one, he says that he is an apostle, uh, not from men, mm-hmm. nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and by God the Father. So he's in your pipe and yeah. smoke it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's yeah. no clue uh, who you know pumps uh, punches his union card. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, uh, so he he goes off on this defense of who he is mm-hmm. and the message. That he he preached, Um, and so for the first couple of chapters, it appears to be you know very much what we would expect. And Mm -hmm. in fact, uh, one place that we really love to go to is Galatians chapter two, verses fifteen through the end of the chapter, Mm -hmm. because that is sort of the the quintessential statement about. Justification by faith alone and Mm -hmm. not by works. And so, um, if I could say it this way, just kind of thinking it through and reading the text. In chapter one and chapter two, I'm in great shape. Paul's, Mm -hmm. you know, matching what I think. He's Mm -hmm. saying exactly what I would expect him to say. But when I get to chapter three, Mm -hmm. starting in verse one, Mm -hmm. he does something that really brings me up short. And Mm -hmm. this was this working through this particular passage was where I kind of had my aha moment. So let me let me kind of walk through it and I'll I'll, uh, point out some things. He starts off by saying, "You foolish Galatians!" How's that for being uh, friendly to your <laughs> congregation?
1: <laughs> His point
0: being is that you know they were they yeah. were being pulled away from the gospel by some opponents in their midst. Uh, it's a little unclear if they're Jewish missionaries uh-huh. or if they're Christian Jewish missionaries, but somebody was pulling them away from the from the gospel message that Paul had preached to them. Mm-hmm. And then and then he gets even worse. He thought the first statement was bad. He says, "Who has cast a spell on you?" Oh man, yeah, that's it's most likely metaphorical language yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. about the power of their message right. and the fact that they were so quickly turned away. And it's away.
1: spiritually dangerous yeah. for the territory that we're in.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that metaphor brings up all of those uh, right. negative images. Before your eyes Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified. In other words, you you had the original message proclaimed to you mm-hmm. vividly. Mm-hmm. How could you then turn away from it? The only thing I want to learn from you is this, and here's where it gets really interesting. Did you receive the spirit by doing the works of the law? or by believing what you heard. Mm. Paul basically sets up the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit in their lives as a proof.
1: And the reception of the Spirit is this indwelling that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's an allusion to the new covenant idea yeah, of God exactly. putting the Spirit inside of you. It's the point of forgiveness of sins. You've been cleansed, mm-hmm. so now your vessel's clean, and now God can enter in and and empower you to walk with Him.
0: Exactly. And they had experienced it. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. It wasn't. There was no doubt that they had experienced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be it'd, it'd be like uh, Him saying, you know, we were together at that moment, and we all saw it. We this is the proof. Mm This is the incontrovertible evidence that we're going to look to, what's the deduction that we draw from Mm -hmm. it? And his deduction, he basically asked them the question to kind of force it, is that they received the Spirit by believing what they had heard. So Mm -hmm. in other words, the presence of the Spirit in their lives, uh, enabling them, granting them uh, power uh, to live in a holy way that God would be pleased with, that was the evidence that he was pointing to. And to me, that was really the aha moment, Mm -hmm. because he didn't go back and say, Let me show you the historical proofs. Mm -hmm. Let me talk to you about the apologetics of Mm -hmm. uh, the cross and the empty tomb. Mm -hmm. He pointed to something that they – had in their very lives at that moment mm-hmm. the work of the Spirit, the enabling of Second Corinthians of
1: the goes to the same place when it talks about you being the letters of the Spirit that are written on, the, you know, the letters mm-hmm. of the Spirit being written on the heart. It's a similar, very similar idea uh, that that the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit is the indication that God has done something that you've been born again. That yeah, you
0: have exactly. I mean, and and
1: what the kind of the tone of this is that it's undeniable. There's yeah. no
0: way that anybody could be confused about it.
1: And the way you got it. Was by faith. That's right.
0: That's yeah. right. And and apparently the other people that had come in after Paul were preaching uh, works. They mm-hmm. were saying you've got to do something. And again, there's a little bit of debate as to exactly the you contours get salvation of that. The old yeah, way. yeah, you got to earn it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. he's he's driving home the fact that you have the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that confirms my gospel that I preached to you. Let me mm-hmm. go a few more verses because okay, he, he he reiterates this sure. in a number of ways. Are you so foolish? Are you, although you began with the Spirit, I'm in verse 3 now, mm-hmm. are you now trying to finish by human effort? Mm-hmm. So he knew and they knew that they had begun their new life with God in the Spirit, by mm-hmm. the work of the Spirit, mm-hmm. through the enabling of the Spirit. And the argument that he's saying is, are you now trying to finish off – and the idea would be completion, perfection, ending mm-hmm. our, our maturity in Christ – by doing works? No, his point is you've got to finish on the same path that you began in. Right. Um, and so he, he continues on a few uh, uh, more lines, have you suffered so many things for nothing if it indeed was for nothing? And this uh, this next verse just blows me away, mm-hmm. does God then give you the Spirit and work miracles among? you by doing the works of the law or by your believing what you heard. God was doing something in their midst. That's that's again incontrovertible proof. They could all say, yes, we agreed God is doing something, but he's given us the Spirit and he's at work. And he was forcing them to realize. That was not from being obedient to the law or by doing; it was from believing in the gospel message.
1: And so the point here is: is they didn't come along and say, "Well, if I, you know, if I fast for two weeks, then I can expect a miracle payoff on the other end." <laughs> right?
0: No, God yeah. was graciously doing it already. Yeah. They were experiencing the wonderful benefits of having the Spirit in their mm-hmm. lives and in their community. Um, and and the the paradigm shift to me was when recognizing that that Paul was pointing to undeniably the work of the Spirit as. Proof that they were on the right track. We, I guess, I won't say we, I'm not going to yeah, pull yeah, you yeah, into yeah, this, yeah. but maybe I was thinking it's all a matter of what we confess and what we believe, mm-hmm. um, but this was a, a, a rhetorical tact. He could point to something about what they had experienced, mm-hmm. the power of the Spirit, the undeniable power of the Spirit to change them and make them more like the Lord Jesus now, Christ. Now,
1: I'm listening to you, and an irony is popping in my head. Mm-hmm. I like to get your reaction, to, and the irony is... That almost sounds like James mm-hmm. chapter two. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah,
0: well, and I think the the I think what we would say there is is that James, you know, in that famous yeah, passage yeah. about uh, uh, about having you know good works uh-huh. and being justified, he's looking at it almost from a, a different angle. Right. He's, he's thinking about a different perspective on the on the problem. You know, Paul is trying to wrestle with how do people get in and become children of God. Right. And James is saying if you're confessing that, mm-hmm. what do I expect to see? Right. And interestingly, they both end up in the same place. We'll talk in a little bit about the right. the last two chapters of Galatians, but they both say that the one who is truly saved is going to be producing things that bring honor and glory to the Lord.
1: Yeah, and in fact, <clears throat> the way I like to say it is is that when you when when you get to what James is talking about, he's basically saying, look, if you have faith and you trust God and you're drawing on the resources that he has and if the presence of the spirit is present and the presence of the spirit is fruitful mm-hmm. okay look at what you've got mm-hmm. you've got a product on the other yep, end exactly I mean, right. when you or, or think about another metaphor that's common in scripture that I don't think we think enough about the idea of the word of God being the word of the gospel that's a seed that's planted mm-hmm. that eventually bears right. fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it it,
0: and it cannot. That's right, bear, not bear that's fruit. That's right. Yeah. I like
1: to say again, using another metaphor, God doesn't have us be born again to give birth to an abortion. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so the whole point here is is that we have the Spirit when we have faith. It's working. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that working inevitably produces a product. Now that product isn't a requirement for salvation. It's actually a proof that right. salvation has. Taking place. Yes, exactly.
0: And see, I think what we tend to do is we tend to ask ourselves some. Maybe a different kind of diagnostic question, mm-hmm. um, and this is not a wrong thing to ask, but it just is not complete mm-hmm. based upon what Paul is saying here. We tend to say, "How do I know that I'm saved?" Well, what did you believe? What was your confession? Mm-hmm. Shall we say? It? And there's that's definitely part of our Christian faith, mm-hmm. but that's not the sum total. What Paul is saying: How do we know that we've believed properly? There's the work of the Spirit in our midst. There's
1: a changed life. Yeah,
0: there's a changed life, and there's a there are there are definite things that we can point to that show that I have the Spirit working in me. Mm-hmm. As I was kind of thinking this through. I began to expand it out even to my own ministry. I'm mm-hmm. sure, like I said, you asked the same question: How do right. I know that I am having a proper effect on the lives of my students? We get a great privilege of working with uh, students sometimes for two or three years mm-hmm. um, as they take our classes, and the the question. That Paul would have us ask is not what are they knowing, but what are they experiencing? And what are they becoming? Yeah, what are, yeah, exactly. Yeah, What's the yeah. type of person that they are? If they right. are, if they aren't changed in a certain direction, a spirit led direction, when they're done with my classes, I'm doing something wrong, mm-hmm. uh, and I need to you know step back and think about what I'm focusing. And on. if
1: my expo, if their exposure to their time in the Scripture here hasn't changed even the way they think about where they've been, the way in which they interact, then the chances are um we haven't done our job because right. it's the nature of scripture to challenge the way people live uh in terms of the instincts that they've come out of and things like that I mean, it's designed to change us one one of the remarks that I like to make is, is that Christianity is actually all about change, mm-hmm. and yet change sometimes is a four-letter word in the <laughs> church. And, and I go, wait a minute, that doesn't work. You mm-hmm. know, the whole point of the Spirit coming into my life is to renew me, to mm-hmm. transform right. me. You right? Know?
0: It has to be holistic. That's and, right. And so, kind of as you know, my aha moment was was Paul was not pointing to. Their um, transition of mind. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't use the word repentance uh, right. or anything like that. He's pointing to their their tra- their transformation of life. Right, uh, and that was equally valid as a proof that the gospel that they had believed was the right one. Yeah. Um, so he's he that to me was the aha moment. And it's it's not that it's a matter of right or wrong uh, in terms of which you focus on. It's a matter of both and. That's we right. Have, have both we have to have the confession. He would not tolerate. And there's several verses that. Well, put
1: he to laid us. that groundwork in chapter two. Yeah, exactly. There, yeah. there
0: is a content to this yeah. message, a person and uh, events, uh, the death and resurrection of our Lord, uh, that cannot be denied. But there's also this change of life that cannot be denied. Mm-hmm. And so that, that in many ways was the sit up and take Take notice moment as I was wrestling through this.
1: Okay, you said you had some other passages for us. Let's go there. Um, The uh, the
0: we've talked a a little bit before, in the last time we were together about Mm -hmm. chapters three and four. Right, and he says several things here that I think are really pretty uh, pretty potent to wrestle with. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a couple of passages that we've you know uh, already looked at, Mm -hmm. but the um, but the point is is that there is a. A wonderful transformation that is guaranteed by those who uh, respond to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked before about Galatians chapter three verse fourteen. Mm-hmm. In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles, so that we could receive the promise by the Spirit of faith. That word blessing is is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's referring to the work of the Spirit, mm-hmm. and so the the Spirit that He's pointing to, the Spirit that He is um, are referencing and and saying, we all know that the Spirit is at work. Uh, this is a, a powerful blessing from God that he designed from the very beginning for us to receive. It's part of his overall plan of salvation mm-hmm. that we receive the Spirit and that we have a, have a changed life. Um, a little bit further down towards the end of this uh, uh, chapter, he brings up another term. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about um, uh, being an heir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in verse uh, 29 at the very end of this uh, chapter 3, he says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants. Heirs according to the promise. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to flesh this out, but we have to start here with this idea of heir. He's setting up this metaphor uh, of a person who is um, uh, a heir to a you know a father or a, a, a child, of, a
1: child of Abraham. Yes, yeah, yeah, Abraham exactly. seed is the term here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but my my point is is that the metaphor is setting up that the heir is someone who's going to receive something, but mm-hmm. they're also going to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so, in chapter four, he begins with this metaphor. For pretty familiar metaphor about um, uh, when we were uh, children, uh, when we were immature, when we were minors, uh, we were under guardians and managers. But something has changed. The spirit has now been given, and so therefore we're now going to, shall we say, grow up into a new behavior. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of he's playing with this metaphor of this new behavior, this new life, in a lot of different ways. So the. the, the, the point is that he is he, there's something that's radically different, that's new, that's changed, and that's a a proof that the gospel is true. And what he's wrestling with is these Galatians are thinking about turning away. Mm-hmm. And so he's drawing them back to the fact that God had worked in them, and that's the proof that they don't need to leave. They don't need to leave his gospel. There's, there's nothing new. Outside of what's been proclaimed that's going to bring them any type of benefit. In fact, it's going to be a negative if they turn away and go a different direction.
1: Hmm. Another important verse it seems to me is verse six. Mm -hmm. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts who calls Abba Father. It builds The presence of the Spirit builds a sense of relationship within the family that Mm -hmm. also drives drives us something also that Romans eight talks about.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and it's and it's a spirit of kinship Mm -hmm. um, because the Spirit is crying out to our Father, Mm -hmm. and so that's something tangible that Mm -hmm. the Galatians would have felt and known and enjoyed and uh, exulted in. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's again part of Paul's proof. It's not what they believed; it's but what they've experienced Mm -hmm. that is uh, powerful for them.
1: So so this engagement with the whole of life, this idea that what that what I believe uh, shapes and forms me in such a, such a way that I respond in a certain way mm-hmm. is a kind of holistic reading of what it is that Galatians is talking about as it talks about salvation.
0: Yeah. In chapters three and four, what Paul did is sort of set the theological stage. As he is wanting to do, he's going to lay out the theology and then really apply it to the lives of the people. And his basic point to the Galatians is you have the Spirit. The Spirit has been at work in you. There is change that we can all point to and recognize. And so therefore, the gospel that you believed is right. Don't turn away from it. Mm-hmm. But the danger is is that um, somebody could take that and say, oh, I am supposed to do something to make the Spirit do His work. Mm -hmm. But Paul wants to set the stage a little bit differently. Um, The Spirit is going to do His work because Mm -hmm. God has given it and the Spirit is um, uh, completing God's plan for our salvation. Our responsibility is to live in a way that's yielded to the Spirit, Mm -hmm. uh, that cooperates with the Spirit uh, Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, And so what Paul says is basically you've, you've got the Spirit. Now you need to participate with him in maturity and in living in a way that that pleases the Lord
1: so um well let's let's dive in and take a look where, where, where do we start
0: um the the central section where he begins to talk about this is uh, in uh, chapter 5 verse 13 mm-hmm. um, the the I bet most of us if we were to say where does God where does Paul talk about the spirit in the book of Galatians we go to the fruit of the spirit but he mm-hmm. lays some groundwork ahead of time in front of that and so in in verse 13 he kind of re- rewinds a little bit and uh Talks to the Galatians about um, the ultimate goal of where they uh, of why they were saved. He says, "For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your fre- your flesh, but through love serve one another." Um, his point is is that we've got a choice now to make. If the Spirit is at work in our lives uh, and we are now free and not not bound by sin anymore, uh, and automatically doing what sin requires of us. We've got a choice to make. Are we going to do what God desires, or are we going to do our natural desires, which are only going to pull us in the wrong direction? Um, And so he he gives some admonitions about loving one another. Uh, That's pretty important. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. uh, In verse 14, the whole law can be summed up in a single commandment, namely, you must love your neighbor as yourself.
1: Yeah, before we Um, get too far into that, let me back up, because I do think that verse 6 also sets this up, and Mm -hmm. I like to – you know, one of the things you like to tell people is it's important to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm -hmm. To not lose focus on what it is that are the most important things you're supposed to be doing. And verse six is really a nice clue into that mm-hmm. because it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision carries any weight. That's where they were focused. Right. That's mm-hmm. what was causing all the static in, in in Galatia was was the debate about circumcision. And then he says this the only thing that matters is faith working through love. Right. So that's like your target.
0: Yeah, exactly. The the question we'll have here is, okay, is this our love for God, or is this God's love for us? I think the way that to understand it is, is that it involves the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The reason God gave us the Spirit is because of ultimately His love for us. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's almost a cipher for what He's going to get to about how the Spirit is at work in, in, among us.
1: And when faith works through this love that's been supplied as a result of God's love, mm-hmm. we love because He first loved us. Mm-hmm. If I can, I'm jumping around the Bible sure. <laughs> <but I'll cheat laughs> but a We're bit. supposed to be in Galatians. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, if we're doing those kinds of things, then then. You you, you should be manifesting that which reflects the character of God. When there are passages all through the New Testament that say, you know, when you when you do an act like God acts, you really do show yourself to be a son or a daughter of God. Yeah, and exactly. So, um, <laughs> Okay, can I
0: get, yep, get go ahead, a little sure there? Ahead. Okay, yep. so there's these key admonitions that Paul has here that we really well known. Uh, we've heard them probably all our lives. I remember as a young man doing Bible memory verses and, and seeing some of these verses. So in in uh, chapter five, verse sixteen, he says, But I say, live by the spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Now when I was a young man, I always thought of this as the emphasis falling on live. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to act and as I can get help from the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis is Really different. It's live by the Spirit. It's the whole phrase that counts. Yeah, exactly. It's not just uh, um, an extra little piece of information, it's the sum total of what Paul is getting at. Mm -hmm. The Galatians have been given the Spirit, and so now they can't actually live by the Spirit.
1: And actually, in fact, if you sit there and think about it, if you took by the Spirit out of here, you couldn't live. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the point (laughs) of the passage. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly
0: right. Now, he gets a little further down and he says uh, in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And so he's Hmm. getting them to think through, again, that problem they were wrestling with originally about desiring to be obedient to the Torah in order to be saved and how that was fundamentally wrong. But then he gets into something. Something that's a real challenge. Um, we we and uh, academics like to talk about these vice lists and mm-hmm. virtue lists because they show up in a lot of literature. Well, these are some of the best examples within the the biblical text. So he starts off by talking in verse nineteen about the works of the flesh, and these are our bad stuff. He gives a, this laundry list: sexual immorality, impurity, depravity, idolatry, it's sorcery, etc., uh, and similar things. I mean, he's got this catch-all in verse twenty-one that shows even if I haven't named it, mm-hmm. it there are there's all kinds of things that fall into this category. And before
1: you leave this no, okay. list, um, the thing that strikes me is is that when we tend to talk about this, I think we tend to talk about it as a laundry list that we think of of mm-hmm. bad things that people do. But when we do that, we risk abstracting it. And yeah. what I mean by that is, if you go through this list and you ask how many of these things are relational, how right. many of these things touch the way I interact with other people, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. and. It's uh, it, it's pretty obviously pretty obvious pretty quickly that almost every one of them does. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, even
0: sorcery, for example. We tend to think of, uh, you know, Harry Potter and witchcraft and stuff like that, but sorcery in the ancient world was used to get an enemy. That's right. To to cause someone a problem to get back at someone for revenge. So even that shows there's this relational dimension that's in play.
1: Okay, so the contrast, obviously I think you're headed towards the fruit of the spirit. Hopefully
0: I don't want to stay here (laughs) in this vice part
1: of this list. Yeah, it'd be pretty depressing. So,
0: But his point is, is that left to our own devices mm-hmm. these are all the kind of things we're going to go into mm-hmm. and there is a punishment uh, mm-hmm. verse 21 says those who practice such things uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God mm. but here's where he really hits hits home um, in verse 22 he says but the fruit of of the spirit is love. Now it's very interesting that the word fruit is singular. Mm-hmm. Um, the implication is is that this is the one thing that the spirit is going to produce, mm-hmm. but it's multifaceted in character. Mm-hmm. And the word fruit is also really critical, mm-hmm. just like you said about uh, the image of the gospel being a seed that mm-hmm. is definitely going to produce. Yeah, this means that if you've got the spirit, this will definitely be produced. There mm-hmm. will be no doubt. The spirit will produce his work. Or excuse me his fruit in you by producing love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control.
1: And again, as we asked with the vice list, these are all primarily relational qualities yeah. that we're talking about. We're mm-hmm. not talking about, you know, it's interesting, uh, if I can, I'm, and I'm going to make this over dramatic and a little vivid, but it isn't that the fruit of the Spirit is the Nicene Creed or the mm-hmm. Apostles' Creed <laughs> or something like right. that. Right, right. Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit is expressed. It right. Is, it is. It is, it is demonstrated. It, it connects with people. It right. engages. Exactly. And,
0: now, and I think it's important to say, you know, we're not presenting this as either or. It's right, not right. that you have to have the confession or you've got to have a, the, the life change. It's both. It certainly is both. But what we, what really struck me is that Paul is here focusing on that latter part of the equation because this
1: is the landing point the yeah, whole exactly. point of the exercise is to take mm-hmm. you to this kind of place
0: yeah exactly and he he wants the Galatians not only to be faithful to the gospel but also to have a changed life mm-hmm. and so he's aiming for for that uh, that latter thing mostly in the
1: in in the book and, the, and of course the interesting thing is is that particularly in the context of Galatians is is that when he goes through these relational virtues which is what we've got here mm-hmm. and we're thinking about if i'm related... In a virtuous way, who needs a law? Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: There's no, there's no the law is meant to control. The right. law is meant to show where we are wrong. But mm-hmm. if the Spirit is guiding our actions, we know our actions are going to be right. We mm-hmm. know our character is going to be in keeping with what uh, with what he desires. Now, what's really interesting is that that's sort of the theology of the, mm-hmm. the work of the Spirit. In chapter six, he gets into the particulars. Mm-hmm. And some of these particulars are very powerful. So chapter six, verse one, if a person is discovered in some sin, you who are spiritual restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. The Spirit is going to produce restoration as we mm-hmm. care for one another in the body, in
1: a healthy kind of confrontation, yeah. in some ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: because you've got to have the confrontation in order to bring the sin out to light and right. to, to deal with it. Um, uh, carry one another's burdens. Verse two. Um, mm-hmm. In verse six, now the one who receives instruction must share all good things with the one who teaches. Okay, it.
1: let's back up. I know you're mm-hmm. moving fast. So oh, sorry about that. To, no, that's okay.
0: <laughs> well, I've already uh, gotten my, you know my important stuff out. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it says carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, wait a minute. I thought we left the law behind.
0: Right. Well, this is a a reference. There is a lot of debate about exactly what this means. But one of the verses that we looked at before in verse 14 was of chapter uh, 5 was, you must love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, who said that? Mm Mm-hmm. Who said that, Daryl? Who must yeah. love your neighbor? As
1: well, it goes way back. I it mean, does. It goes back to Jesus, and then it goes back into the Old Testament.
0: Yeah, it does. But my, my point is, is that Jesus talked about that's it. That's right. Gee, that's exactly yeah. what Jesus said. What yep. was the, the 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 greatest law? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and then high, and he strength. illustrated
1: it with the parable of the good Samaritan.
0: Yeah, and then and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So so the the law of Christ is what Christ taught us to do. How our, our love for God affects those who
1: are around us. And it's important to go to that Jesus to that Jesus passage because in that exchange with the scribe, Another question, I, I, I love this passage, because the passage is a lawyer, mm-hmm. okay, so I say, the lawyer asked one question, what must I do to inherit eternal life, okay, and Jesus asks him back, well, what do you see, and the lawyer says, well, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and Jesus says, well, do this and you will live, and unfortunately, the guy's a lawyer, so he doesn't ask just one question, he has to follow it up, mm-hmm. when he follows it up, he makes a mistake, Yeah, because mm-hmm. he asks, so, who's my neighbor? And the text says he's trying to justify himself. Mm-hmm. and And so I tell people when he's asking this question, he isn't just asking the questions on the surface. He's asking another question that's underneath it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way I like to illustrate it is when my wife says to me, "Honey, and beware of any sense of <laughs> honey. Okay. Are you going to the store? Mm-hmm. Okay. She. Uh, I.
0: Be, I bet she
1: doesn't really want to know your itinerary. Exactly correct. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, I know. I know. The moment I say yes, honey, I'm going to the store, she will say, Well, can you go by and pick up X, Y, and Z because mm-hmm. that will save me a trip to the store. And of course, anything you want, honey. And it's yeah. a moment of marital bliss. Okay. All right. So that's the way it goes. Few and far between, Daryl. No. <laughs> uh, we'll take them when we get them. Right. And so. Uh, so we're in the midst. Of, uh, of doing it, so so when this lawyer is asking who's my neighbor, he's really asking, aren't there people who don't count as neighbors? Aren't there people I'm not responsible for? Mm-hmm. And off of that, Jesus tells the parable of the good Samaritan, and the point that he's and then he turns around at the end, and he says, now go. Be a neighbor, okay? Right. So I'm not supposed to concern myself with with who I'm interacting with. I'm supposed to be a certain kind of person. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: And mm-hmm. Galatians is going to go to the
0: same place. Exactly. That's the whole point about him focusing on the fact that they've got the Spirit. Mm-hmm. He can now say the the Spirit is going to produce these things, mm-hmm. and so. It's a matter not of doing them on our own. It's a matter of again cooperating with the Spirit's work, as He said in a couple of, uh, as we, in the passages we already said, on being led by the Spirit, mm-hmm. on living by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Spirit is is present in us, and therefore the enablement is there, and we have to be um, uh, yielded to His work.
1: You know, we skipped over something that's probably worth going back to, which is the contrast in the passage in chapter five is being drunk with wine, being versus being filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in Ephesians, you, right? And, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah in, a, mm-hmm. in a picture of Ephesians, you've got yeah. this this contrast that goes on when you're talking about being filled with the Spirit, mm-hmm. and and the point here is that 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 in the midst of that contrast, that this to to follow the Spirit is actually to be I'm going to use a use a gasoline term, mm-hmm. be fueled by the Spirit. Sure. It's directing you, just mm-hmm. like wine directs the person who has. Had too much to drink. Yeah. So the Spirit is supposed to direct the person who is the child of God. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, and the end result of the wine, of course, is bad things. Right, right. Uh, but the end result of the Spirit is only good things. That's right. Only good things. And so Paul's point is to, to help the Galatians realize, really, that they've got the key to their understanding of the gospel, their spiritual life already. It's mm-hmm. there. They just need to, to recognize it, live in a way yielded to it, and, um, and respond to his ministry and his prompting.
1: Okay, so we're, we've just we've exhausted the law of Christ. So actually, you don't exhaust it; yeah. <laughs> it's just there, and you you live it out. So, so what's what's next? Um, the,
0: like I said, in this section in chapter six, he's he's showing how that theology of the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. is going to be have real teeth to it, real mm-hmm. real uh, shoe leather. And so he he talks about, for example, in verse three, having an attitude of. Of humility mm-hmm. towards ourselves. And that is echoed in so many other places in Paul. I think, of course, in Philippians chapter two about have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, uh, who uh, you know, even though he was in the form of God, did not think it, it uh, robbery to be equal Jesus to God. Jesus may but have taught that too, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> Just maybe. Yeah. Well, and even the book of James, we talked right. about that earlier about yeah. how um, you know humble yourself before God, and mm-hmm. He will lift you up. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some very practical outworkings in keeping with the the fruit of the Spirit. Um, uh, well, we've already mentioned verse six about sharing good with those who teach with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a a good diagnostic question about a pastor could ask about the work of the Spirit in his congregation is how are they responding to you as the minister? Are they mm-hmm. sharing? Are they are they uh, blessing and benefiting? Um, he, and so the the bulk of this section is just getting the the, the details of life behind this theology of what the Spirit is going to do within the particular individual.
1: And then the last two verses I think are very very interesting because uh, sometimes we think. That works is another four-letter four mm-hmm. word in, sure. the, in the church. Mm-hmm. The passage that immediately leaps to my mind before we go to the section in Galatians is, is Ephesians 2.10, for we are as workmanship, you right. know, created in Christ Jesus – for, for good, good works. works. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. okay, I think this is part of the package. It's just mm-hmm. got to get it in the right place. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's a great way to say it. It's mm-hmm. a, it's kind of a question of order. You know, yeah. we always debate the ordo salutis. Right, um, right. Part of that involves doing things that bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ by imitating his character, by having the Spirit do his work in us.
1: Yeah, it, and so in that sense, it's a, it's a fabulous exhortation to say, look, the presence of the Spirit is going to have an impact. This mm-hmm. being a new creation means you're going to show yourself. To be a new creation, right? Exactly, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So he rounds out this section um, in verses uh, nine and ten uh, with a couple of admonitions. In verse nine, he says, "So we must not grow weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not give up." Mm-hmm. Now, this doing good is not um, uh, amorphous; it's yeah. defined by. The good of the Spirit, mm-hmm. the, what the Spirit is creating in us, what the Spirit is prompting us to do. It's the relational
1: things he's just described, exactly. starting from the list of the Spirit mm-hmm. and the virtues all the way through the exhortations exactly. he's just given us.
0: And so there, there is a sense in which we're cooperating. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can't say that our goal in the Christian life is to just simply. Uh, you know, let go and let God. Okay. Uh, there is a cooperation that's involved, um, and especially when it comes to these works, we've got to be be uh, or, you know be obedient to be to seek opportunity to have endurance and to pray for that. Um, and so there's a um, a promise of of blessing that comes if we stay consistent and strong in those mm-hmm. good things the Spirit is producing. Uh, I love the way he says it in verse ten. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those. Who belong to the family of oh, faith? Oh
1: man, there's a technical mm. term in there. You know what it is? All.
0: <laughs> yeah. How many is yeah. in all? All, all. <laughs> all? Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, I say look that one up in the dictionary. Yeah. You know, I think that means everybody. There mm-hmm. are no exceptions. Yep, exactly. All means all. all Don't make it yeah. more difficult than it is. Exactly. We yeah. we, t- we talked
0: about this um, uh, a little bit when we met last time. Uh-huh. But the all has to include Jew and Gentile mm-hmm. within this church. It has to include not only inner innies, but outies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's everybody. It's any. It's enemies. anybody's. Yeah, anybody's. <laughs> it's en, en, any
1: any enemy buddies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'd be careful saying <laughs> that. <laughs> but,
0: but yeah, so so it's it's almost as Paul envisions this this the fruit of the spirit is going to grow and expand and touch. Everything in the world because believers are growing and doing good to those around them. Uh, and it just expands the ministry of the Spirit um, and enables evangelism. It enables uh, church growth. It enables everything that we want if we are functioning and living in a way in keeping with what the Spirit says. So is I'm going
1: to ask you to apply this today. Mm-hmm. Who's the all today? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'd have to say the all is. Immediately, the person to our right and the person to our left at church. Uh-huh. Paul does mention those who belong to the family, especially of faith.
1: those of the yeah. family of faith. But you know?
0: then it's anyone who's outside, any, anyone who is not a member of the church. Anybody, you really mean anybody? Yeah, anybody. All. 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 all? Yeah. The, the The question I think that we have to wrestle with is. How am I going to know that the Spirit is at work? Mm-hmm. And the Spirit is at work by uh, by producing these things that then touch the lives of others around us. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes almost a diagnostic question: mm-hmm. If if my salvation has only been about me, me, myself, and I, mm-hmm. the unholy Trinity, mm-hmm. um, then where's the evidence? Mm-hmm. The evidence of the Spirit is in me working and and touching those lives, doing good to those around me in such a way that they see the patience. They see the gentleness, they mm-hmm. see the kindness of the spirit that's being produced in me, and so it becomes a, a, um, uh, uh, in some ways, sort of a diagnostic question. And again, it's not that our, it's not that our confession is not important. But mm-hmm. Paul here is not asking, "What's your confession?" Because mm-hmm. that's very clear. He established right. that from the very beginning. The question is, what is the spirit producing in your life? What is tangibly the result um, of the spirit? Acting and and working in your midst, um, are, are you being led by the Spirit? If so, you'll see it. Are you um, living by the Spirit? If so, you'll see it.
1: And I think one of the interesting things is we keep bringing up Jesus's teaching here. But one of the things that Jesus said, and probably the most ethical portion of his own teaching, which would be the Sermon on the Mount, would be: if your love doesn't look any different than the world, mm-hmm. then what's the big deal? Yeah, even sinners love like that.
0: Right. Yeah. There's this this sense in which Everybody's going to love. There's this self-preservation. Mm-hmm. There's this community tribalism uh, that we've got to wrestle with. But the love that's generated by the Spirit reaches out. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, a, a missionary kind
1: of and love, and it's exceptional. It, mm-hmm. it it isn't the type of thing you would normally see. It's something that requires almost supernatural enablement yeah, to happen.
0: Exactly, because in our sinful nature, we can't produce that. Right. We're left to our own devices, we're going to produce the works of the flesh. So our
1: instincts may be to strike back. Our mm-hmm. instincts may be eye for and tooth for tooth. But in fact, our, our response ought to be one, one of love and, and to some degree a little bit of vulnerability that comes with mm-hmm.
0: that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You've got to be willing to, you know, we talked about that issue of confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is I've got to be willing to accept, um, you know, the confrontation from my brother or sister uh, as a sign of love uh, from them when I've done wrong, and mm-hmm. I've got to be willing to uh, submit to that restoration.
1: Yeah. So, so we've got this exhortation here that says, "So then, whenever you have opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially those who belong in the family of the faith." And that's kind of the application of everything we've been talking about. Yeah,
0: it's it's a very general statement, mm-hmm. but it it really summarizes everything that Paul wants them to know. Um, you know, kind of to put a you know a little bow on it. Mm-hmm. What Paul has done is he's taken the Galatians, uh, not from you know a doctrine to conviction but from experience to um, maturity Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. He's wanting them really to wrestle with... The work of the Spirit in their lives as the defining some proof that they are in fact part of uh, God's family, um, and so that that's the the paradigm he's working with, and so he's using it as an opportunity to help them to go on towards that full maturity <laughs> in in Christ in the Holy Spirit, which and ultimately to produce these things that create a stronger congregation that show the love of Christ to those around uh, and create an opportunity for uh, the the church to really be the church and to show the love of Christ.
1: So when we really do good to all people. People. That's the aha of the aha yeah. moment. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a, I hadn't thought about that, but I think that works pretty well.
1: <laughs> yeah, it might be the oh my and yeah. aha the, <laughs>
0: Well, it's it's certainly stretching. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a commitment to reach outside of our own borders. Um, mm-hmm. The Spirit is going to be driving us to do things that we wouldn't uh, necessarily do in our own flesh. Mm-hmm. But that's when we can look back and say. Yeah, the Spirit's been at work. the 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 Spirit has had His work in my life, and I can see it. It's tangible, mm-hmm. um, and so that that's part of what I think Paul, you know, the, or the Lord intended to communicate through Paul is that part of our confirmation that we're in the family is by the work of the Spirit in our lives, and the sign of maturity is participating fully with that work.
1: Yeah, the challenge of uh, of living out this life in which is we've got a distinct. Kind of process going on and its presence of a distinct kind of love is something that the Spirit produces. The Spirit produces a fruit that is highly relational. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael, we just appreciate you coming in and talking to us about this and helping us uh, see it. Maybe some people out there had an aha moment while they were <laughs> I hope so. We were talking. I, I
0: appreciate the opportunity. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we thank you for joining us on the table and, and uh, reflecting on the scriptures with us. And we hope to hear or see you again soon. Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu slash the table. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well.
0: This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party. With the help of world-class historians, subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.